This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heineman and I am here with my co-host Kelly King. Hey Kelly. Hey Elizabeth. How's your week going? It's going good. It I, is spring in Nashville. Yes it is and I love it so much. Um, today we get to talk with Tony Newhoff and it is a little bit colder where she is That's right, right now in Canada. So Tony just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your ministry and all the things. Hi. Well, thanks so much for having me on your show. Um, A little bit about myself. Well, Carrie and I first met in law school, and uh, we both had a passion for serving Jesus. Uh, Right after law school, um, Carrie went to seminary, and then we found ourselves um, pastoring a church uh, north of Toronto. We're about an hour and 20-minute drive north of Toronto. So we started out in a Presbyterian church, and several years ago, um, we transitioned to uh, planting Connexus Church. And we've been in the same community for all these years, though, and we raised two boys who are now 25 and 29. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we've been married now for 31 years. That's awesome. I feel like your life parallels mine just a little bit because yeah. I've been married 32 years, and my I have a son and a daughter, but they're about to turn 30 and 27, which is real similar. So, okay. very similar kind of life stage. Yeah. Well, yes. we want to talk. Yeah, we want to talk a little bit about the book that you released called "Before You Split." And some people may not know your background as a divorce attorney, so you might want to tell us a little bit about that. But tell us why the premise of the book and why you just felt so compelled to write about this mm-hmm. yeah my um, my law career led me into um, practicing as a divorce attorney and while I was there uh, it was it was after Carrie and I had gone through a long period of struggle in our own marriage and I could have envisioned myself as being someone on the other side of my desk uh, very easily because we did reach the the place where we wondered you know is this what the end looks like and there, by the grace of God, we did go through the long healing process um, that has led us to the place where uh, I would never dream of leaving my marriage now. It's, um, it's just so way beyond what I would have ever expected on my wedding day, um, but we came very close. And so I, I think what compelled me to write uh, about, to write Before You Split, was that there are ways people really can't see um, the consequences of the decisions they they need to make when they're in that dark place. Uh, And I felt that as a divorce attorney, I I could bring some perspectives that would be clarifying and also share some of the things that helped Carrie and I along our healing journey. That's so good because even, I mean, I want you, I mean, I want our listeners to even just think through the couple of things that you've said because you're a pastor's wife. I mean, mm-hmm. you're a ministry family mm-hmm. and 
you know, I think a lot of times we put ministry families on this pedestal and we think that their marriages are all great, but there are struggles. I mean, like that's a common thing for people. And so just your experience, both as a ministry wife and as as a divorce attorney gives you a really unique perspective on that. I had people say that exact same thing to me that, oh, you don't really know what it's like. You're a pastor's wife. Mm. Um, but, mm. you know, what we've come to realize with 2020 hindsight is that, uh, you know, I'd gone through trauma in my early years. I didn't realize what I was bringing into my marriage. Uh, I was emotionally unprepared for marriage. Um, as a, as a, new believer in Christ. I really hadn't been discipled. Uh, I went into ministry without really having a mentor. And um, Carrie and I had very different wirings and perspectives on life, uh, other than that, you know, we knew we loved each other and we shared the same faith. Um, But there were just so many things we needed to work out. And then we jumped right into ministering and a very full life. Mm -hmm. Um, I had my first son. 10 days after I finished law school. Oh, wow. So we went relatively quickly from dating, from dating to being married, it was 18 months, from being married to having our first child was 18 months. And in that period, we were in law school, and we were working our way through law school. So, uh, you know, we hit the ground running, and we had a lot to learn, but we didn't know how much we had to learn. I think you talked a little bit about, you know, not knowing things, uh, what you had to learn as well as um, hitting the ground running. And I feel like a lot of us feel that way after this year is um, even though, I don't know, people may have been years into their marriage Mm -hmm. or they may be newlyweds, but COVID and the isolation and the quarantine and just the trauma and anxiety from being in the world during a global pandemic um, has definitely affected a lot of marriages. And so what are let's start with some positives, um, because we have seen even in our own lives and the lives of those we know, like some positives that have come out of the pandemic as far as marriages go. Um, And then we can kind of talk about maybe some challenges that you've seen couples face after spending an entire year together right. in their houses. <laughs> oh, it's such a challenge. <clears throat> Honestly, my heart goes out to to families with young children right now through this pandemic period. It's just been uh, intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some of the positives uh, I've been able to see are uh, with, with the activity level subsiding, I think... Uh, families have had more time to really reevaluate um, their schedules, um, maybe the the commuting that they might have been doing, their practice location, how they have their family life scheduled. I think it's been a, a, a great opportunity to pause and and maybe reset some of those priorities or even tweak them. Uh, I think for some people, there's also been an opportunity to grow spiritually. You know, there might have been uh, some additional time, some margin for for rest or for devotions, you know, where maybe the schedule was more hectic uh, before the lockdown. So I know for myself, I, I've 
uh, been able to grow in my spiritual spiritual practice uh, around rest, and mm-hmm. so that's been something I'm uh, I'm determined to carry forward with me into my all my future seasons, and uh, and then on the on the negative side, I think it's uh, Carrie and I have talked about it this way that it's almost as if you know you 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 have. Uh, a swamp and you drain the water out of the swamp and so if there's some unhealth in the relationship or if there's things that are irritating you about each other in your marriage just being in close quarters and having heightened maybe more intense responsibilities at home for homeschooling kids and so on um, just seems to highlight the things that are bothering you about each other and they can become a, a real focus, uh, but not in a good way. So I think that has prevent, presented a challenge for people. Uh, you know, I think there's a solution to that. You really need to protect some space for each other so that you so that you don't have that intense proximity all the time. And, and also just growing in your ability to communicate with each other in more compassionate ways. Yeah, I feel that even I'm not married, but even just thinking through my relationships with my family members as well as like my friends, like I feel like not only are we kind of in close quarters with certain people, um, but also just this this underlying stress of dealing with Mm -hmm. everything I feel like has definitely brought out a lot of things um, in all of us. And so that's definitely encouraging to hear like we can set new habits because I think A lot of what we talked about early on in the pandemic, Kelly, on the podcast was like talking about things that we have uh, put in place so that when the storms come. But I think it's also encouraging to hear like you can put in place practices and habits and spiritual disciplines in the middle of the storm as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, now when we do have more time because we're not going to practices and um all these activities, concerts, and all these things that, you know, we're sad about because we miss those things. But what can we fill our time with in this moment? And, and hopefully it's coming to a close this time, this season. Um, But we still have time to be like, okay, what do we want to take forward from this moment? Whether we're married, single, um, have kids, don't have kids, like, what are some things that I've implemented during this time? of wilderness wandering um, that I want to carry into the future. And so I think that's a great question for us to ask ourselves and some great encouragement for people as well. And I think even in my own life, so Tony, we like we have been working from home now for literally just a year now. And so that in itself was kind of a, a just that, you know, change of pace and change of location and so for me in my marriage you know even and you know like I said we've been married Vic and I've been married 32 years but all of a sudden because Vic um, is has taken an early retirement and he's at home all the time all of a sudden we were both home all the time and you know I would just I've developed new habits and I figured out how we have that space and I have my own office and place in the house but just living together I mean there were times I was like this should be a really good time and I'm not feeling I'm feeling a little stress about just us always being in each other's lives and and because you couldn't really go anywhere for a while so there were 
were times I needed to take a walk by myself or um, and then like last week it was his birthday and we finally got to go somewhere like we went to dinner and we actually got to hear a musician here in Nashville you know socially distanced with mask on Um, but it was just good to get out and just date you know just to have a date (laughs) With some, mm, you know, absolutely. I think we and so I'm hoping we come out of this, this with some new habits, but we, we probably are going to see we're going to see some divorces because of this. And we, t- we told you before we got on the air that like one of our most read blog posts on LifewayWomen.com is from one of our team members who went through a divorce several years ago, but she still kind of looks back on that with some regret. And I, I want to talk about that with you a little bit and just um, how, do, why does that resonate? Like, because we find women go to that blog a lot and they resonate with that. So why, why, why are women resonating with the regret of maybe they've already taken that step yes um the the what you're talking about is something that i saw in my practice as well Uh, i had some clients who came back to me at the end of the day and i remember one uh, one gentleman in particular who had tears in his eyes when he said if only I'd known then what I know now, I would have tried harder to save my marriage. He had three kids and he and his ex-wife really struggled with um, trying to make decisions for the kids, um, to come up with a parenting schedule that worked for both of them. There was a lot of conflict. And I, I think one of the reasons why people feel regret is that what they the way they envisioned they would feel when they left their marriage and then the way that it played out uh, in all of its details just didn't line up. And so I think sometimes people feel like, you know, I've got all kinds of problems in my life and my marriage is one of the most urgent problems. And I, I, at least I can take that relationship problem, pack it in a box and put it aside. And then I can deal with that problem. Um, the issue is, especially if you have kids, after divorce, you actually get a second box. Mm-hmm. And, and in that box, you have the financial issues to sort out. You have the parenting schedule and um, decision-making authority and all of those where you're going to live after divorce. you got all those things to sort out. But then also in that box, you still have the relationship problems. And in many cases you know if you think the fighting was bad before you divorce in many cases it gets worse uh and and you know it may eventually get better because people you know have to work through forgiveness but um but i i think sometimes people imagine that they're going to give the the pain away in a sense by going through a divorce and then they find out that what happens just isn't what they expected And I I say that with a lot of empathy, because uh, if you have anyone listening right now who is going through a divorce, uh, I just want to say I'm I'm sorry and and I understand that it's painful. And uh, and I do want to encourage them as well that there are better days ahead. Um, But right now, just take care of yourself. um, Make sure you're 
trying to take care of the basics like diet, sleep, and exercise, and really focus on what your kids need from you um, right now in this phase. Like how how can you make this as peaceful uh, a process for them as possible? I like how you said like you kind of exchange one box and you get a second box. Mm-hmm. That is a, a really interesting way to just look at that because, yeah, the, mm-hmm. there's another box that you have to deal with after. And the reality is you can't give away that second box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know someone has said um, that you marry one person, but that person can change many times in the lifetime of a marriage. And so how have you seen that in your own marriage? And what advice would you give to the woman who says, this isn't the same guy that I married? Hmm. <laughs> I would first of all say, you are right. <laughs> it's not the same person. <laughs> uh, people change and evolve over their lifetimes. And as Christians, you know, what we um, hope and pray for is sanctification. You know, that as we go through life, um, God absolutely accepts us as we are, um, but he's he's too loving to leave us there. And so, you know, hopefully as we go through life, we're growing in holiness. Um, but, uh, you know, in any event, you know, people are, are going to change. Your spouse is going to change. Uh, and I think it's helpful to go into marriage just knowing that and, and having open, honest conversations with each other so that you are tracking with each other as you change. Or if you've gone through a season that's been particularly busy and you find that you're starting to feel disconnected or starting to feel like roommates, then that's a, a real signal that you uh, you need to start having some really meaningful conversations with each other where you dig below the surface and just try to get into each other's um, minds and perspectives, and uh, don't don't stop sharing your your hopes and dreams and what you're learning with each other. Uh, keep a posture of curiosity about your mm-hmm. spouse. That's really good. Yeah. I know. Even like my parents just celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary. Wow! And I know, which is so great. But I, I even over Christmas when we were spending some time with them, my mom made a comment, and I don't. I think we often forget this too that um, my dad has had some health issues over the last few years, and his hearing is not as good, and some things like that. So there, there are new challenges in their marriage, even after 60 years. And she said. You know, like his temperament, maybe like health issues can even affect your temperament and maybe the way that you are, right? Oh, yes. Oh, there's so many things that, um, that, we all have to deal with, you know, whether it's illness or job loss or um, grief, you know, someone close to you passes away, um, you go through an illness of your child or, or even the tragedy of a, a death of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just so many um, things that life throws at us. And, and I'm, I'm grateful, so grateful that, uh, that we have a God who we can walk through all of these seasons and circumstances with. Yes, for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. I know. So maybe, maybe you could give some advice to the couple who they feel like they have a good marriage, but they want it to be even better. What would you say? Well, there are ways that you can add more life to your marriage. And, 
uh, I, I think probably some of your listeners have heard of love languages before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this isn't a new concept, but one thing I just want to want to throw in for as food for thought is that when life gets busy or we get distracted, I think we tend to default to our own love languages. And so showing love to your spouse according to their love language really does take intentionality. Um, One thing that I think couples do just by default is to get into a rut in how they have date nights together or share time. Uh, You know, an intimacy is made up of shared experiences. Um, So there's research showing that you're more likely to um, be bonded or feel close to each other if you're sharing some activities that have some element of growth to them. Mm-hmm. You know, something that is new or exciting. And it, that doesn't mean it has to be adrenaline producing. Mm-hmm. But, but just see if you can come up with some activities uh, that are, are interesting and have some element of learning something new or going through a new experience or challenge uh, together because you know sometimes those uh, those kinds of activities lead you into something that uh, that you really didn't expect you know mm-hmm. it might be like Carrie and I trying a, a canoe trip last year that was really a little bit beyond our abilities <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know it going into it but that's the way it worked out and you know at one point we capsized the canoe and my paddle oh. almost floated down the river and we were five hours away from the parking lot so I mean you can you can have those kinds of adventures someone once told me that uh I if I, whenever I get married to just skip premarital counseling and go on a canoe trip oh, with my no, no. well that would that would give me some yeah. training they were like, that, yeah. that's enough that's enough I don't actually think that was their full advice but <laughs> it, that canoe story reminded me of that <laughs> Yeah, so um, the, the the research that I was alluding to before um, actually studied it in a structured way. So they had couples do something that they both decided was novel or exciting for 90 minutes a week for four weeks in a row. And they measured their satisfaction before they did this experiment and then after. And they found that they were measurably more satisfied and even more excited in their relationship together after they uh, did these activities. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so like, mm. so, so maybe it's something outdoorsy or maybe taking a new cooking class or things yeah. like that. Sure. Absolutely. Or, you know, take, try dancing a new style of dance or uh, go on a virtual museum tour, just, you know, just something that expands your horizons that you can experience together. That's really fun. Yeah, I think, I, I think be- sometimes I have to bend to to Vix. Like sometimes, <laughs> I I know when we got married, like my husband loves to fish, and I, it's not that I don't like fishing, but it's like I go fishing because I want to be with him because yeah. my love language is quality time. So there you go. yes, you got I, lots I of time do, when you're fishing. That you got lots of time. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I think sometimes that bending at the beginning um, feels like work. You know, it may actually feel like a sacrifice. Uh, I I can empathize with people who say, oh, like, I hate my spouse's love language. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Carrie's love language is acts of service. And it's not that I don't 
it, that I won't do, uh, you know, domestic chores and things like that because they have to be done. And it's, so that's fine. Um, but Carrie's standards are, are a little higher than mine. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like, you know, oh, this, this is just a waste of my time. Like I, I've got five other things I could be doing. But I do notice that there's a change in how I feel doing these things when I'm actually surrendered to it and uh, and recognizing that, okay, I'm going to do this, Jesus, because I want Carrie to know that I love him. And there's a change that happens when you do that. So I would just encourage anyone who feels that resistance uh, to push through it and just see how God may surprise you with how you feel after you've done it a few times. I love that. And I think that's so encouraging, not just for marriage, though, that is like the primary way, but even just thinking through my friendships, friendships with people yeah. and like there's some people that I have completely opposite love languages with that um, are my friends. And it's like, OK, so if I want to serve them in this way, then this is how I need to, you know, be a good friend by <laughs> by serving them in this way or loving them in this way. I guess I should say because since service is one of the <laughs> love languages. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think that's a good word, um, no matter where you are in life, for sure. Well, you talked about Carrie, and you talked about doing a new activity together. So we um, that's a great transition. We're so excited to have Carrie in Nashville for the Women's Leadership Forum in November. And mm-hmm. we also know that he helped collaborate with you on this book. So tell us a little bit about that process, uh, working side by side on this or how that worked yeah, together, and, and how maybe, you did collaborate. Yeah, and maybe he said, you can't put that in the book. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he told you that. <laughs> oh, we might have had a few of those conversations. <laughs> uh, it was a book that, that I wrote on my own, uh, okay. but I ran all of it past Carrie because you know, first of all, I love his editing. Um, but secondly, uh, I needed to know that we were both on the same page with the stories that we shared. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest question we had wasn't on the choice of, of those stories. Um, it was more the how they were presented. And, um, you know, all of it, all of the what I've included in the book is is truthful. Um, but, you know, there are varying depths that you can go to in telling a story. And so, yeah, we definitely had some conversations um, along the lines of, uh, I, I don't think we should tell that story that way. Uh, and uh, overall, it wasn't, it wasn't a divisive process for us because we have worked through so many things as far as conflict goes. Um, it, we we spent some time on it for sure, but uh, but it was it was a good process. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good. And I, I mean, it because when you do talk about a marriage, it's such. I mean, the intimacy not only of just your life kind of being exposed. I mean, anytime you write something, you feel very vulnerable. Like you mm-hmm. feel like people are reading your life a little bit. And so I think I think that was wise for you guys to just at least have those conversations. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, Tony, we are going to ask you the question that we ask everyone on our podcast. Um, and with a, a slight spin, because we mostly talked about marriage in light of your book, but um, what has marked you both in your marriage and in your walk with Christ? I have to say what has marked me in my marriage and walk is just this real sense that God sees me, you know, that Mm -hmm. he is the one who has constantly, you know, pursued me when I was lost and uh, saw me when I was traveling around Europe and, you know, he brought me into an encounter with an evangelist who shared the gospel with me. And then in the dark days of our marriage, uh, you know, he was there in in those heart-wrenching times. Uh, and even after I went on a 48-hour rant with God about my marriage, just on my own, I was driving through the hills of, of the farm country around us. Uh, God met me with with words of scripture that just showed me so clearly that his love is is so real and so solid and so beyond my imagining uh, that I um, I'm just forever grateful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I just thinking, I yeah. feel like we I'm now just like I need to hear more about these five things from that answer. Yeah. So it's like, OK, we want to hear about the drive. We want to yes. hear about Europe and how you came to the Lord. <laughs> yes. Um, so thank you so much, Tony, for sharing all of that with us. Yeah. Um, we appreciate your book and your willingness to to open up about those struggles and those things, because I know that it is so helpful for so many people listening today and those who will read your book. And so we're praying that it um, does reach those people and God uses it in mighty ways throughout marriages in or around yeah. the world, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to just say to our audience, Tony, about um, marriage or your book? I think I would say if if you're in the place of wondering whether it's even possible for you to feel in love with your spouse again, uh, I had that question too. In in the middle of our dark season, where Carrie and I were just not even sure where where our marriage would go, uh, I it, it was it was hard. It was such a hard and confusing place to be. I just want to give you hope that if your marriage is unhappy, and right now I'm I'm not talking to people whose marriages are actually harmful, you know, if it's toxic right. or destructive right. or physically violent, that's a different story. But if your marriage is unhappy and you're in that confusing place yourself, then take it slow and um and, and I know you're bringing this before God, but really lean into relationships um, with the Christians you have around you and uh, and search out your options slowly and prayerfully um, because maybe there's some way that you can take a step in the direction of becoming a more loving version of yourself and maybe that just might influence your relationship enough that you give your marriage a second try and it ends up like ours just far exceeding the dreams I ever had for my marriage so I just want to leave people with that that hope and uh and at least the motivation to 
do your best to explore that. Thank you so much. Yes. And we definitely do want to leave our listeners with hope and we mm-hmm. want them to to work really hard on that. So we in our show notes, we're going to have a link to the book before you split. Um, we want to encourage um, you to come to the Women's Leadership Forum. You'll get to hear Carrie and um, and you'll get to hear a little bit about him. But we're just so thankful for you, Tony, and thankful that the Lord put on your heart to write this because I think it could really benefit a lot of marriages and can save a lot of marriages marriages and we really um we pray that for our listeners and um for for just our culture in general mm-hmm. that's my hope and prayer as well and um yeah maybe it was jesus uh who held us together in those dark days uh, both of us agree on that and so ecclesiastes four twelve is the verse that says a cord of three strands is not quickly broken mm-hmm. and uh, that third strand was Jesus and uh, and honestly I give the glory to him for how our marriage has gone from that bad to this good oh that's so good well thanks so much and listeners thank you for joining us again this week and we just um, our desire is that you'll join us every week so until next time goodbye bye Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.